All right, so today I wanted to talk about uniqueness of experience. And I thought maybe later on we can look at the book Pikal by Alexander Shulgin as a kind of metaphor. But first, let me just tell you a little bit about this idea that I've got and how it resonates with me. If you take a control group in science, which is what we do for running tests and hypotheses, you basically get your test subjects, people or the lab rats, and you put them into a bunch of conditions that are controlled so that they all have the same conditions. They're all under the same process or environment or influence of whatever it is that you want to test. And then within that, you change certain parameters, which is what you want to test. So if you want to test a food or something that's ingested, then you have to have the control group having certain diets and noted in certain ways, for example. Now, when you look at this, you think, okay, that's great. That's science. And it is. But on another level, we're all in a control group. We're all on some level the same in our experiences. Because we all have, to some degree, the same cultural background. Now, where that difference is, is the grand pantheon, the grand story of humanity. And really, you can say, well, there are scales, there are spectrums, there there is multidimensionality, there's heights and depths. But really, what we find, what my experience is, that we are actually very similar. We actually come through family, education, food, social conditioning, behavioral conditioning, environmental conditioning. And it's all very much stock standard to one degree, to one level. It's like, okay, in a control group, we get all of the people to eat exactly the same meal with exactly the same, at exactly the same time, with the, the exact same proportion. And then to a lesser degree, you could say, well, you don't eat the same meal, but you eat the same type of meal. You eat the same kind of meal at around about the same sort of time. And then to another degree, you don't say, well, you don't eat the same type, but you just, you just eat something, right? So you're eating or not eating can be the variable. And you can see very quickly that all of a sudden, we get to the point, well, you eat and I eat. So where's the difference? And if you think, well... What does it mean then for a unique experience? What is this grand obsession with the external world and how it affects us, the environment that we're in? That's really what it comes down to. How does the environment affect our experience? And, of course, I mean, the unsaid assumption in this conversation is that Unique experience is a good thing. 
And you have to take that on. You have to realize that for yourself. You want more experiences. You want unique experiences. And this in is the, the exact trick. This is the exact little thing that is so sneaky in some ways. Because you want unique experiences and you don't realize that actually you're having it. You're having one. If you just type in unique experiences to a search engine, which I did when I was thinking about this, basically for the first hundred pages, you get travel lists, right? Top 10 things to do in Sydney, top 10 things to do in Las Vegas. And they're all these sort of really generic, really touristy, bland sort of like, you know, learn to surf on Bondi Beach, drink beer at this particular pub, go to this particular library. You know, it's just, it's really flavorless, bland, vanilla, just the most, like, it's the epitome of genericness, right? (laughs) And it's sort of telling that it's all about environment, like go to this place. And it's also telling that the top 100 pages for unique experiences is travel, right? It's all ABC travel stuff. Like why why doesn't it say giving birth? Why doesn't it say getting married? Why doesn't it say dying? Why doesn't it say drugs, right? It doesn't say anything about doing drugs. <laughs> so that's a sort of indication of the kind of blandness that we're sort of brought up in. And there's a certain point where if you test this, then you realize that, oh, okay, so you ate this food and I also ate this food, but we had very different experiences of it. You went to this place, and I also went to that place, but we both had very unique and different experiences of it. And that can easily be interpreted (laughs) as a truth of how life works, when really, it's more like a point in your development that you've come to. It's a point in your ability to experience that you have arrived at. And that's the point of unique experiences. A unique experience is your ability to realize the experience that you're having. Now, do our past experiences affect how we experience now? Well, they affect how we see the world. They affect how we operate within the world. But I don't know how much seeing and operating really has to do with experiencing, which is actually a point that's on a higher level, right? What is the mechanics? What are the mechanics of experiencing? What does it mean to experience something? Which is a very different question to typing into a search engine, oh, 
unique experiences and then going to a place and then being in that place and saying, oh, well, ah, okay, I got the experience of that place. I got that experience of that tourist attraction. Because if you have this idea of what does it actually mean to experience, then you realize that it's possible to be in a place and not experience it. It's possible to go to a tourist attraction and to not get it in the same way that it's possible to watch a movie and to sort of scratch your head and say, oh, I don't get the point. And in fact, the movie experience is something that is very much like the tourist industry. It's sort of dishing you up these very generic, very bland, very easily digestible, compressed emotions. They're easily recognizable emotions. They're easily recognizable experiences. Right? If it's a drama, then it's a tension between characters. Oh, I love you. Oh, I don't love you. Oh, I love someone else. If it's an action film, then it's a gun going off, someone being shot in the head, right? If it's an adventure film, then it's traveling on a ship to a distant land, right? At a certain point, all of the films, all of these movies, if it's a superhero movie, then, well, you know, we don't need to sketch all these bland fe- these bland images to, to get the point. But at a certain point, level, experiencing the movies does become this very bland thing, this very sort of, right? Every movie is the same. And to say something else that would appear to be on a deeper level, it would be that, well, drugs can bring you to this realization. Psychedelic drugs are actually the thing for so many people that actually gives them the realization that experience is the thing that's happening. Because the psychedelic experience is a subjective experience. It's an internal experience. It's very much weighted on, well, what's happening with these mechanics? The phenomenon of light landing on the eyes, a voice in the head, a tingling sensation in the body, a movement that comes from within like a motivation, a magic. These sorts of things are internal conditions. They are internal workings which is so much different to what we're normally fed, right? What we're normally fed is what's on the outside is what's causing what's happening on the inside. The environment that you are in is what's causing your experience and the quality of your experience. If only you could get to that place. If only you could have that set of conditions. And it sounds so abstract to talk like this, right? Because when it's given to you, It's never sold in this way. It's sold in like you would never say, oh, 
this new house is good for you because it will make you feel very nice because of the set of conditions that it is around you, right? It doesn't talk in that way. The message that is coming isn't conveyed like that. It's much more subtle. And effective advertising is poised at the experiential side of you. You'll notice this. They tell you what your experience will be. And you'll feel it. You'll really sense that draw towards it. Now, in the case of drugs, you have such extreme experiences and such a uniqueness of experience that you're brought to realize that your experience is only your experience. And the further insight there is to realize that this is your life. This is what you have and only you have, right? It's almost like, okay, so we've got our lab rat analogy where every lab rat has the same conditions and the same food and they're all under the same control group. Well, the extreme opposite of that is we get one lab rat to do something that no other lab rat has ever done. Now, they're going to have an experience that no one else has ever had. And I'm not saying that that's exactly what drugs are, right? Not exactly. (laughs) Because drugs are done by many people. And yet, they do bring you to that. They can bring you to that. Right? They can bring you to that experience or that realization that, oh, someone did that drug and I did that drug and they didn't have the experience that I had. Right? So that can happen, but you need to understand that that is not a truth of reality and how life works. That is where you are at with your development. Because the higher level development of that is to realize that your experience is always unique. Because no one else has lived your life. No one else has come from where you've come from. No one else has done the things you've done. And this becomes especially true as you get older. This becomes especially true as you travel, as you experience, as you do more drugs as you learn about how experience works and you actually start looking at it for yourself, you become more and more unique. Now, this thing, we can call it a kind of emergent property, it actually takes on a life of its own. And this is rather strange and it's rather... It's rather confounding as to what to do with this. When you really bask in your own uniqueness, there is <laughs> there is a sort of tendency to want to export it, to sort of say, well, this is my experience. And I would encourage that in certain ways in certain times because uniqueness of experience is quite valuable. It's quite 
it's quite hard to really make that connection, right? This this emergent thing of unique experience taking on a, a life of its own is quite rare and it is rare that someone has it very strong and clear unto themselves and they know how to articulate it and how they actually know how to convey it to other people. Because that's a whole nother trick, right? How do you convey something that hasn't been done before? Well, you need to translate it into something similar, right? You need to have metaphors and sort of comparisons and things. And in fact, this is exactly what I was meaning to talk about before about Alexander Shulgin, right? Because he created these drugs. He was a chemist who experimented with different substances and different psychedelic compounds, which were completely unique, right? Chemically, they were unique. So in an objective sense, the compounds that he was giving to him and his friends and his control group were objectively unique. And he was trying to work out, well, how do we assess this? How do we communicate with each other? And he came up with his own system, which would say, okay, there's a base level, there's a normal level, and then there's a system of numbers to indicate how far away from that base number that is. So what he would do is he would get his group of friends or his control group and they'd be in the same environment and they'd all take the same substance and then at different times they'd say, oh, where are you? We're about from baseline. And even within that, you know, if you read that book, Pical, and you hear the stories, you realize that, well, there's something so much more complex going on than just chemicals. Because, of course, there was one chemical he experimented with where he gave it to a bunch of people and they basically said, look, nothing happened. I didn't even feel anything. And he himself didn't feel anything. And his girlfriend took it. And she went into this almost like a psychotic breakdown. And this was a totally different space that lasted for something like 10 days, right? So she was in this altered state for 10 days. And when she came out of it, she she went to him and was just like, you know, what was that that you gave me? That was just this otherworldly thing and not an experience she wanted to repeat and not really an experience that she would encourage by any means but he was just like look we we gave it to these other people and it did nothing so it's just your experience and that's sort of just one story of like <laughs> how crazy variety of experience becomes. And Shulgin's contribution was not the system of how you convey experience, right? His way of saying how different your altered state is, that was just some little thing that would give an indication, right? His contribution was coming up with the substances, with actually doing the research and actually discovering the chemicals, which was a was a whole career for him, right? This was this lifelong endeavor. 
And for us, well, we're always stuck with our words because the system we use to express our experience, to convey our experience is, well, every single word that exists. And some people would say, okay, well, I'll learn to use more fancy words. I'll learn to be a wordsmith and I'll construct these beautiful things like a sculptor, right? Which is just like a story, right? And yet, still, there's something missing in that, which is the the closeness of connection. Like, how closely is the story that you're telling to you and your experience? And this really is the art of the autobiography, right? If you write your autobiography, then it's the skill in saying, well, how close was it to me, right? Like, how close to the bone can I get? How real can I get? How how raw can I make it? If I really just spill all the beans and I tell everything, right? You have that sort of attitude. You're, you're going into something and that's, that's a hard slog when you realize it. And in fact, that's the process of writing your autobiography. You actually, in some sense, come to the same realization of your experiences when you write your autobiography as you do when you take psychedelic drugs. You come to the same point, which is that your uniqueness is yours. Your life could only have happened to you in the way that it happened to you. And it only could have happened in that way at that time because of who you are, because of the circumstances, because of this massive coincidence. And it really is entirely up to you as to how deeply you realize that. Here's another way this plays out this idea of what the implications are. When you are tied with this thing of, okay, my environment dictates my experience. What I do dictates my experience. When you're tied on that level of living, you're chasing experiences by doing things and being in certain situations. When you are realizing the uniqueness of your experience by your own mechanics, then it's not about chasing experiences. It's about realizing the experience that you're having. Like how deeply can you have the experience that you're already having? Like you can do this right now. Like how how deeply are you experiencing this right now? Like whatever's happening for you right now, if you're listening along intently or half listening along, plus whatever it is that you're doing, whether you're driving or operating heavy machinery or just sitting somewhere, right? Wherever you are, the environment that you're in, how, how deeply can you experience it? Like are you going to remember this experience? Could you put a word to this experience? A feeling to this experience?
And of course you realise that words are quite, quite feeble and quite inadequate for so many experiences. That's, a, that's another point you realise. Well, that's another point you reach in your development of experiencing. And I get closer every day to realizing again. I mean, I mean, I don't get closer. I mean, I do arrive. I, I arrive more and more often at the uniqueness of each moment. And I really felt today like, well, Today I've had an experience that I've never had before. And it's so funny that when you say that, it's like, what happened? Right? If I come up to you and I say, today I had an experience that I've never had before. You would say, well, what did you do? Or what happened to you? Or where did it happen? Right? But it's like, no, 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 none of that. I was just in my room, same as I always am. I was just doing nothing, pretty much same as I always am. And nothing happened to me, pretty much same as always. But I realized the uniqueness of that. And it was something like the sensation between my eyes and my chest combined with the color of the room or the color of the light in the room along with the sensation of the thought that was happening and the smell, right? And even even the perceptions don't quite get at it, right? To convey it via, well, a perception checklist, that that really doesn't get to the experience. Like, experience is, it's sort of just behind, like, yeah, I mean, it's not, I mean, you can't say that it's not anything, right? Because it is something, there's, there's something there, but it's almost like it's nothing in a sense that you, like it doesn't exist. <laughs> like where does experience exist is a good question that sort of might get you to the sense of that. So those are a little thoughts. Those are some thoughts around uniqueness of experience. And I mean... I've had experiences where I've just been like, oh, you have got to have this, right? That's a whole nother ex- that's a whole nother game or a whole nother component to this game of having the most glorious experience which is totally unique and then trying to export it and say, Oh, you have got to have this for yourself, right? How do I get other people to have this? And yet also in another way, there are unique experiences where you say, oh, that's just mine, right? That's just my song. That's just my vibe. That's just what happened to me. That, that's my lot in life, 
That's who I am and, well, no one else really needs to be me. No one else really even needs to know it, right? You don't really need to know about my unique experience this morning, right? It's not worth any struggle for me to express it in words, right? For me to try and put it into words is, well, you know, I can try for the sake of an interesting conversation, but really the vast majority of those, well, they go unsaid. It's just like, that's okay. Just let it be what it wants to be. So thanks very much for tuning in. We will talk more about uniqueness of experience in the future because this is a very interesting idea. So thanks very much and we'll be back soon with more.